on Stick to Football, we are going to have a damn good time because we're just jumping right into it. A two-round mock draft, all three host myself, Matt Miller, Mello, Connor Rogers. You can check it out on Bleach Report's YouTube page. You can listen to it. Hopefully, that's what you're doing right now. Listen to it on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify. Fellas, we're just jumping right in. Uh, there's nothing to talk about. The NFL didn't release comp picks. CBA is to a vote, and in combine ratings, we're only up 3%. So thank you for taking 18 years off my life for 3% ratings boost NFL. Appreciate it. On the clock, let's just go. Number one, Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, Mello was kind enough to give me the first pick in the draft, and I'll get this one right. Y'all want to shit on my mock drafts. We're going to get this one right. Joe Burrow, number one overall to the Cincinnati Bengals. We've been saying it. Since December, I feel like and since the draft order was known, I don't I don't need to over explain this. I don't need to overthink it. Burrow is going to end up one of the top rated quarterbacks that I've evaluated in my 10 years of doing this. And the Bengals need a quarterback. Boobam. And I'm up number two. I agree with you. I think that's easy on the Bengals. Number two with the Washington Redskins. There is some smoke here with the Tua Tonga Viola stuff. I'm not buying into it yet. I think that they're going to look at these two picks and say we have Chase Young, we have Tua, but we also kind of have Haskins, and we might be happy with him. I think this year they're going to roll with Haskins and take Chase Young. He doesn't really fill a need that they have there. I think they're all set at edge rusher. This is a guy, once in a generation, almost. Uh, he's one of the best pass rushers that we've seen in a while. And you look at a difference maker like Nick Bosa last year, I think that that Chase Young is going to come in and have that same impact as a rookie. So I think that's just going to be too much for the Redskins to pass up. They go Chase Young here at Shameless number two. plug, scouting notebook Friday morning. I wrote about that. If the buzz is real or not, to it to the Redskins. So there you go. And, and we won't give it away here. Number three, no, the save Detroit. Save it. Got to read it. Number three, the Detroit Lions. We're still not doing trades in our mock drafts yet. And if the Lions stay pat here, I think the pick has to be Jeff Akuda. You look at how all those defenses were built with Matt Patricia in New England. It was through having a shutdown number one corner. I know they have Darius Slay. I don't know how much longer he's going to be there. I also know that Jeff Akuda is the best corner prospect I've ever watched since I've been doing this in round, around 2014. So this is a no-brainer for me. Absolutely love Akuda and think he upgrades the Lions defense tremendously from day one. Now the draft gets fun because, like Connor said, no trades. I think we would have all projected the Miami Dolphins to trade up to number three to get a quarterback. But now the draft gets interesting. At number four overall, the New York Giants. I was incredibly torn on this selection. Isaiah Simmons is a rare defensive prospect. I feel like he's a bigger version of Derwin James, like a bigger, more versatile Derwin James. Do you take a guy like that, or do you try to protect the quarterback and the running back, as Joe Judge says it? He won't say their fucking names. I will say this guy's name. Jedrick Wills is still the top tackle in this draft. I know Mekhi Becton had a great combine. I know Tristan Wirfs actually had a record-setting combine. That's all well and good, but when it comes to just blocking people, moving individuals, Jedrick Wills is still the best in this class. So I'm going to give him to the Giants here. He's going to play left tackle. I wouldn't be surprised if Nate Solder gets flipped to the right side or if they just cut him and sign Jack Conklin and just say, you know what? Problem solved on the O-line. Let's go get it. I talked to a huge Giants fan today, actually, and he was telling me how important he thinks it is for this franchise to protect Saquon Barkley. And I said, Cole, do you mean 
protect Daniel Jones? And he says, no, I don't care about him. We got to protect Saquon Barkley. And I think he's probably right. You need some offensive linemen in there. You guys didn't ask. The Giants fan is a 10-year-old. <laughs> Next up, number five overall, the Miami Dolphins. They've been waiting for this all year. I don't think we need to talk about it too much. If Tua is there, they're going to take him. Uh, and I think we all three kind of predict they're going to move up to take him. So if he's there at number five, yeah, it's happening. All right, number six for the Chargers. I mean, for me, this is just they need a tackle so bad. If you looked at who's penciled in to start for them right now after their big trade, I think they won that trade. I like Trey Turner. I think he's a great get for them at guard. I don't, I'm very torn on what they do here if they take Justin Herbert or if they upgrade the tackle spot. I would rather upgrade the tackle spot. I'm going with Tristan Wirfs. I think he had a phenomenal combine. He's a great prospect. When you look at how this draft stacks up at tackle, it's Wills and then it's Wirfs. And for the Chargers, they're starting to build a foundation in place on that offensive line. So when they do have a young quarterback step in there and play, he'll be protected pretty well. And I want to say, I'm going to, I'm going to jump in on some of your guys' picks, but I don't think this is crazy. I know a lot of fans are going to be upset. Like, why are they not drafting a quarterback here? Uh, and my, honestly, when I saw you do this today, I was like, "What? why isn't he going quarterback here? I would not be surprised if they go the route of a Cam Newton or a, a stopgap quarterback yeah, for at no least tackles. this year. No tackles now. I mean, trading Russell Okung, they got, that's a hell of a trade for the Chargers. You got a 25-year-old all-pro guard for a 32-year-old washed-up left tackle. It's a pretty good trade all the way around for the Chargers. So getting Tristan Wirfs, you put him in at left tackle. But again, I wouldn't be surprised if Cam Newton's their quarterback and, and We'll see what they do in round two here. You got to sell tickets in LA, and I exactly. think Cam would do it. Exactly, that's my thing here. I saw, when they traded with the Panthers, I was like, why didn't you just try to get Cam Newton while you were at it? But you're waiting to see if he's healthy. Uh, I am up now, number seven, the Carolina Panthers. Quarterbacks are on the board here. Justin Herbert's available. Jordan Love's available, and I thought about it, but I have been saying for a while, and I'm not moving off my spot on this. The Panthers are trying to tank for Trevor Lawrence. I firmly believe this is happening. I think trading Trey Turner even points to this a little bit more. You're trying to get those, you know, assets where Russell Okung is like an an older guy. Oh, let's lose some games. I think we could see this roster get pillaged for draft picks. Derek Brown, though, can be your foundation piece on defense while you're waiting for that quarterback. There's going to be a lot of discussion about Derek Brown. Is he a good enough pass rusher to be drafted in the top 10 picks? I even wonder this myself sometimes, but I have seen him just wreak havoc, playing nose tackle, demanding a triple team at times. You're going to free up Brian Burns. You're going to free up the rest of that D-line to go make plays. So I like Derek Brown here at seven. Do you think that they're a candidate to move down and kind of stockpile draft picks for next year? Like if somebody wanted to move up to seven and draft one of these other quarterbacks? I definitely think so. So in this scenario, like if you're the Raiders, Colts, whomever, Patriots. I want a quarterback. I, I think Carolina is a, definitely a team that I would be calling. Awesome. Number eight, the Arizona Cardinals. I think everybody knows that they need some offensive line help. I'm not going to go in that direction. You guys just took Wills. You took Werfs. That leaves me with Makai Becton, Andrew Thomas, Josh Jones. I'm not in love with any of those guys. And I think that Kyler Murray is going to climb up to the ear of Cliff Kingsbury and say, go get my guy, C.D. Lamb. We need another receiver. I, I think that C.D. can be that number one target that they need. Larry Fitzgerald is great. He's first bout Hall of Famer, one of the best receivers I've ever seen. He's old, though, and they need somebody in there. So I actually think that they're going to pull the trigger on C.D. You might say, why would they go after a receiver? Why would they go after a quarterback last year? Fair enough. Yeah, Number nine. Uh, okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Number nine, Jacksonville Jaguars here. I'm going Makai Becton. 
This is a team that desperately, once again, needs help on the offensive line. How many times are you going to hear that in the top 10 over and over again? Well, the answer is until they're all off the board. That's how. So when I look at Jacksonville, you have Gardner Minshew there. You do need to start protecting these quarterbacks. You really do. And this pick came down to Andrew Thomas and Mekhi Becton. Jacksonville has enough assets where with the other first-rounder and their second-round pick, they can start to replenish all these holes they have on defense. But right now in the top 10, before that well dries up, you need to land one of these tackles. And I think somebody like Becton, who is a really, really impressive run blocker for Leonard Fournette, is just a must-have in this spot for them. Leonard Fournette's tweet, the Will Smith thing with his it's face so on great. it, absolutely amazing. I think he might be out of there before the season I, starts. I was going to so. say, who would yeah. be shocked if he's next? <laughs> yeah, Not no one. at all. Number 10, the Cleveland Browns. The run on tackles is going to stop here because the last one that's worthy of a top 10 pick is coming off the board. That's Andrew Thomas. He and his 35-inch arms going to the Cleveland Browns. I, I was talking to a scout this week for the, the piece on Tua and the buzz, and he said, you know, it's crazy outside, like, Three to ten, we feel like there's some fluctuation. Like there's a little bit of confusion about what could happen. But the one thing we all feel great about is that the Browns will draft a left tackle. And I agree. I I think you could just go best left tackle on the board. Boom, go to the Cleveland Browns. Now Isaiah Simmons is still on the board in our mock draft, which I think would make would make it interesting. Of do you draft a really really unique piece on defense, or do you go with the left tackle? I think a team that is being guided by analytics will look at that and say the value of the position is so great at left tackle. You have to go that even with Simmons on the board. So that's why I want Andrew Thomas. Uh, Joe Schobert's leaving. Isaiah Simmons would be amazing to fill his spot, but they have to protect Baker Mayfield. Yeah, I think this draft shakes out very well for Cleveland. Number 11 overall, the New York Jets. Uh, We just talked about how all the offensive linemen are gone. Uh, I think they're going to go need uh, to get some offensive weapons here. They're probably losing Robbie Anderson, and I'll let Connor kind of chime in here, but I think they're going to go with Jerry Judy. If Jerry Judy falls here at 11, uh, they could go chase on an edge rusher, but I think with Jerry Judy still on the board, you get a chance to get a real playmaker to put in that offense and to help Sam Darnold. I couldn't pass up the opportunity. Yeah, you can't draft what's not there, right? I mean, if there are no tackles that they have graded in that spot, it probably comes down to somebody like Judy, Henry Ruggs because of his speed, and maybe even a guy like Caleb on Chase on if they don't look to add I on offense. I will say, uh, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you guys. As we're recording, Diana Rossini reported that the Redskins are going to allow Trent Williams to seek a trade. That might be the Jets' answer at left tackle. Uh, I mean, it, or the Browns' answer, or there's a lot of teams that, that uh, could be They the need answer. an answer at right tackle, too, is what the problem is, though. <laughs> right, so yeah. the buck doesn't right. stop there. Exactly. 12, the Las Vegas Raiders. This is where Isaiah Simmons comes off the board. And man, you got to be feeling good if you're the Las Vegas Raiders and this one happens because I think if you want him, you'll have to trade up for him. But we've seen linebackers fall in the past. This man is not just a linebacker, though. We've seen him play all over the field. Uh, I will not. I was just telling our guy Adam Lefko when I went on the Lefko show that there is no player comparison for him. When you look at build, you might go to Cam Chancellor and you're like, well, he ran a lot better than Cam and he's heavier than Cam. Matt, you called him a bigger Derwin James. That's right, because he's a lot bigger than Derwin James. So it's very, very, and faster. I I don't know how to even explain it at this point, but I'll say this for the Raiders, that is one damn good football player they'd be getting in the middle of their defense. If you have to stop Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes, it's kind of the guy you want to do it. 
Like, I, I mean, that's a great place to start at least. Yeah, like that's where you want to, and you get uh, uh, Jonathan Abram back healthy. Not not bad. Not I, I think he fits that mold of what we saw last year. They want guys that are going to come in and win. It's like they're just acquiring these alpha dogs in the locker room, and I think Isaiah Simmons would fit in with those other guys very well. If he's there at 12... I will be pissed off. <laughs> yeah, Chiefs fans Lose ever will shit. be very pissed off. Number 13, the Indianapolis Colts. Justin Herbert's on the board. Jordan Love is on the board. I'm not taking a quarterback. And I want Colts fans to listen before you turn this off. You have Jacoby Brissett. And I know y'all don't love him, but that locker room does. And that matters. You're also the favorite to bring in Phillip Rivers. If you sign Phillip Rivers and you have Jacoby Brissett, you're not drafting a quarterback in the first round, guys. It's just not going to happen. You're probably not drafting a quarterback in the second round with Phillip Rivers and Jacoby Brissett. So I'm going with Caleb on chase on. One thing this team lacks pass rush. They've tried bringing in Justin Houston. They've tried drafting guys in the second, third, fourth round, just not finding that piece. Chason is that answer. I've compared him to Josh Allen, came out of Kentucky last year, was amazing for the Jacksonville Jaguars. He can rush, he can stop the run, he can drive back in coverage. I think Chason, when you pair him with what they already have on defense, that's starting to look really, really special. Yeah, I mean, he fits in immediately with them. Uh, Number 14 overall, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Quarterbacks are still there. Bruce Arians doesn't love Jameis, and I'm not going to predict the free agency signings here. I think Teddy Bridgewater's name's been out there a lot recently. I think they're going to draft Justin Herbert. This is a big, tall guy, pretty strong arm. I think that Bruce Arians is going to look at him and say, yep, he can win in my offense. I can keep this guy from throwing 30 interceptions. Let's go ahead and pull the trigger, especially if they don't have to trade up in our fake draft scenario. And I was going to say, can we just add in, like, Justin Herbert's going to go before 14. Jordan Love's probably going to go before 14. But before free agency, it is incredibly hard to slot these guys in because, like, the, the Chargers, the Panthers, the, it's just it's impossible to know right now. The Colts, which of these teams will be looking at quarterback? Yeah, it is. I mean, we're inching closer to where trades will be on the table here. I think post-free agency is when you start getting into that, though, and how realistic it is. So number 15, this is one team that would have been in around the league, so we're going to talk about it here. Uh, The Broncos acquire A.J. Boye from Jacksonville. This is essentially, guys... They're taking on his salary is what this comes down to here. I think he fits Fangio's scheme perfectly. So for the Broncos here, you know, as we hear the rumblings, they're going to let Chris Harris walk. There's been times where maybe C.J. Henderson or Christian Fulton might be in the conversation at this pick. But after acquiring an outside man coverage corner, I think they got to be feeling good about that trade. What did you guys think of it? I liked it. Just, um, I mean, I hate that they're going to lose Chris Harris Jr. Um, that could be that could really benefit Mello's team. But I like Boy. I think he's a good player. Uh, there's a reason a couple of years ago in free agency he got paid. And for the Broncos, this just helps fill one need where uh, you probably would have considered C.J. Henderson at this pick at 15 overall. Yeah. But because of that, you're like, okay, well, now we can move on to other needs, whether it's left tackle, a wide receiver two, a defensive lineman. They, they actually have a lot of needs. So I like that just to get established guys who are going to fit in that defensive scheme. Yeah, and for Jacksonville, you're just kind of turning over the locker room. Uh, you're in a rebuild really there. I think after Minshew kind of started to have some success last year, they just said, you know what? We're going to have to get rid of some pieces. Let's get rid of some of these guys that are making money. We'll try to win and rebuild through the draft. So that's what they're doing. No doubt. So to that pick for the Broncos, I'm going with Javon Kinlaw here. This is a team that could use some interior defensive line help. Kinlaw is an absolute wrecking ball. I think 
He might even have a higher ceiling than Derek Brown when I watch Kinlaw as a pass rusher. So I really like this pick for them. I think he's just starting to reach his potential, and he had a really, really good draft process. Once again, the Broncos, they're going to load up on defense. I think another pick in consideration here could have been Josh Jones if they're looking at tackle, but maybe they'll get you know active in free agency and look at the Jack Conklin market or one of these trades, like you mentioned, Trent Williams. So that's another way that could shake out for them, but there is no question about it. Javon Kinlaw on that defensive line with Von Miller and Bradley Chubb, that is a nasty, nasty front for Vic Fangio. Yeah, and he fits Fangio's defense really well. Uh, Vic, who was in San Francisco, Ark Armstead, DeForest Buckner, those tall guys who can play defensive end, who can kick inside, play defensive tackle on passing downs. Kinlaw definitely fits that. Last pick before our first break, number 16, the Atlanta Falcons. This was actually a very difficult selection for me. I thought about going DeAndre Swift here just because the way the board fell. Was like, I think Devonta Freeman's going to be a cap casualty. Let's get a stud running back in here. And I, I really also, I mean, I thought about going D-line, but I just did not like the value. So I want CJ Henderson at this spot instead. They focus so much on offense last year, the offensive line, two first round picks. I want to go to that secondary, continue to get younger. I know they've drafted some dudes there, but I I look at Henderson. I see a number one corner in the NFL. He's big. He is incredibly fast. So he and pair him with Isaiah Oliver. You already have a good slot corner at Kendall Sheffield, who you drafted last year. And as Trufant, who was drafted now seven or eight years ago, he starts to get to that end of his career. You just slide C.J. Henderson right in there at that corner spot. Yeah, I love that pick. And uh, C.J. Henderson's been my corner one, corner two for a very long time uh, until Akuda finally passed him. So I I love what you're doing there, Matt. What's up, guys? We are back here running through our two-round mock draft. We're at pick number 17. I'm up with the Dallas Cowboys. There are a lot of good players still available on the board here. I'm going to assume... They're bringing back Amari Cooper this year, which means I'm going secondary with this pick. I'm going Xavier McKinney. It's been mocked there uh, in a lot of different picks, a lot of different drafts, but I like his playmaking ability in the secondary, and they're going to have to do something in that secondary to stay competitive on the defensive side of the ball. I think this is one of the best members uh, that's still kind of somehow going under the radar. I think he's almost established himself now as safety one in most mocks. I like him, and a lot of corners aren't available. I don't like it there. Henry Ruggs is probably the only other guy that I would consider there right now. Yeah, both defensive linemen gone, so that would have been in consideration for them. So I think getting what is considered the top safety makes a lot of sense for Dallas. 18, the Miami Dolphins. Listen, if you go draft Tua, you better have a a plan in place to protect the guy, and Josh Jones did exactly that this season in college football. Uh, You know, I know, Matt, you've compared him to Andre Dillard before a few times. I really like that. I think Jones has light feet. He's very smooth in pass pro. was actually pretty impressed how he gets out in space as a run blocker and for screens. So Jones, surprisingly, we talk about the top four tackles a lot, but Jones is sneakily not there's not a crazy gap I think when you go from four to five I really like his film yeah he's a good player and I think with Tua one thing we have like we've spent so much time like oh Tua's injury history Tua takes a lot of hits I mean that dude will string a play out waiting for something to happen and get just I mean the injury the Mississippi State game is one of those so I think with Tua you got to protect him with a Josh Jones number 19 the Las Vegas Raiders Uh, they got Isaiah Simmons earlier Buckle up. This is now the fastest team in the NFL. They're getting Henry Ruggs at 19. I don't personally think Ruggs will fall this far when the actual draft comes. But again, 
pre-free agency, things are still a little bit murky. Ruggs is a special type of player. I mean, he's he's a deep threat who doesn't even have to run long routes. It's an amazing thing. We've compared his play to Tyree Kill. It's just not very many people who are that fast, but who are also good at football. I, there, are the, there are people that were that fast. But also being a good football player is just the added bonus. This is not John Ross. I think you're getting a well-rounded athlete. Run after catch is amazing. Field vision is very, very good. And, and I think he automatically takes takes the top off any defense he faces. John Ross caught for a thousand yards last year, but whatever. Oh what? no, I'm thinking John Brown. Yeah, Never I mind. Like, what? I, I took offense <laughs> to it because I thought you were going after my Pitt State guy. No, he's wow. definitely not John Ross. <laughs> like he's not John he Brown. hopes he's John Brown. I said in one uh, league. <laughs> number twenty overall, the Jacksonville Jaguars. I'm back on track now. I got my blood boiling. I'm good though. Uh, the Jaguars already took an offensive tackle in the first uh, pick with number nine overall with Mekhi Becton. So looking at their needs now, you could go linebacker, corner, and Patrick Queen is still sitting there. I, I think that he's an elite linebacker. You look at the three linebackers. I know a lot of times we lump Queen and Murray together, but there are three very good linebackers. One just maybe plays safety too. But Patrick Queen, his ability to run uh, – Sideline to sideline, drop back in coverage. I think that he's going to establish himself as one of these top 20 picks. Right now, he's at the Jaguars at 20. I think that he immediately comes in, establishes himself as that Mike linebacker and can help lead this defense and help rebuild this defense to what they used to be. 21 Philadelphia Eagles. You guys know how badly they needed wide receiver help this year. It felt like they were running a two tight end offense as the focal point. I go with Justin Jefferson here. He seems like a first round lock after a phenomenal combine. 443 official, 37 and a half vertical jump. He's got size, he's got a good catch radius. I think he does a lot after the catch. I love Justin Jefferson in this class. I'll tell you, in a lot of wide receiver classes, he might even be in consideration for the top guy. But when you're playing with Jerry Judy, CeeDee Lamb, Henry Ruggs, all in the same receiver class, it's a tough go. But for the Eagles, uh, this guy would have an impact on that offense, a tremendous impact on that offense right away with Carson Wentz. Number 22, another team that needs a wide receiver, the Buffalo Bills. And one thing that I think this draft falls very well for them because they need size. They want someone who can extend the catch radius for Josh Allen, who love Josh, not always the most accurate guy. Let's give them T. Higgins, who I still think is one of the best vertical receivers in this draft. Stretches the field. He's great above the turf. Uh, Watch him dominate in the red zone. I think that's exactly what the Bills need. Didn't see him do anything in the combine. My man said he was resting, which I respect that he didn't lie. Fake Just injury. a wild, wild like, excuse. You know what? Our season ended three weeks ago. I'm chilling. Like, I'm just hanging out. I, I respect that from T. Higgins. Stock can't fall if you don't Clips do anything. Clips and receivers have been pretty good in the NFL, too. So. Yeah, there's a couple of them, I think, if memory serves me right. Number 23 overall, the New England Patriots. I think that they're sitting here with actually more needs than what we think usually for the Patriots, but I'm just going to give them a defensive weapon. I'm looking at Yeter Gross-Matos, and he reminds me a lot of that Jones guy that used to come off the edge for them. I think that Belichick will see this. He'll look at the tape. And he's going to say, yeah, I can use this guy in my defense. He can get after the quarterback right now. And he's just going to be one of those guys that comes in, has 8 to 12 sacks every year, and is just consistent. And then maybe gets up there and can help lead the league or the AFC in sacks. I have heard that his stock is skyrocketing after interviews. Like that he might not be here at 23. Yeah, I love him. I, we had Bar- Brian Burns last year kind of shoot up the board, and I think that Gross Matos can do the same uh, in this last couple of weeks to the draft. 24, the New Orleans Saints. This is where uh, Christian Fulton doesn't have to move very far, guys. Go to LSU and then go down and play for the Saints. Listen, Fulton, 
I, I say it over and over again. When he's healthy, he's a different player. I, I know there's a lot of film out there where people are like, he's getting smoked by Henry Ruggs. He's getting smoked here. I think he plays through injuries. I think he's a really tough player. I think you saw the speed and even the six nine four three cone at the combine, guys. Just really, really good stuff all around for him in a, in a corner class that's actually pretty decent. I mean, there are a lot of good players at corner in this class that'll go in the top 50. But for the Saints, getting a number two guy in Fulton might put that defense over the top, and they desperately need that in pass coverage right now. And I do want to ask, did you consider going quarterback here? Because I've had this happen in mock drafts, and I've thought, like, man, Jordan Love makes a lot of sense for them. I'm glad you brought it up. I thought about Jordan Love here, but I'll say this. We are on the last leg with Drew Brees here, and I think you have to be doing everything you can to win now. And Jordan Love is the exact opposite of that. So I looked at it and said, they can use a number two corner. Fulton can play right away. He's got reps against NFL guys in the SEC for a couple of years now. I mean, you look at now, Andrews Pete in free agency might dictate a little bit what they do on the offensive line. I just think the Saints got to double down. If you're bringing Drew Brees back, you're getting an impact player in round one this year. Yeah, no, I just know, I know people are going to ask, so got to throw it out there. Number 25, the Minnesota Vikings. I thought about a quarterback here. Kirk Cousins, one year left on his contract, but in a similar vein, I feel like this team is trying to win now. I mean, they, they made it through the playoffs, and I was talking to some Vikings fans in Indy at the Combine, and they thought, man, they thought they had a chance against the Niners. You didn't, and here's why. Riley Reef is your left tackle, so let's solve that problem. Austin Jackson from USC comes in. A player who is a little bit controversial. I think the Iowa game and the bowl game did not look great. The rest of the year looked phenomenal. He's an athlete. He does need to add some power, needs to work on that inside shoulder. But when I look at guys who pass the eyeball test in scouting, we call on the hoof, Austin Jackson's a left tackle on the hoof. I mean, he looks like one. He moves like one. Just has to work a little bit on some of his technical deficiencies. But I think he profiles really well as a starting left tackle in the NFL. The sixth offensive tackle we have going here in the first round. I don't know if that's a record, but it, I mean, it's got to be close, I would think. Number 26 overall, the Miami Dolphins. This team already took their left tackle. They already took their quarterback. I'm going to go with running back here. I know that they should probably address that defensive side of the ball, too, because I hear it's important. But DeAndre Swift is a game changer. This We did our top five game changers, and Matt, you put him there. I really think that he can help take over the game, uh, help out this young quarterback. You're going to have to help out a young offensive line Get DeAndre Swift a ball. He can catch the ball. He can run. His vision, his balance is great. Can he carry the load? I don't know, but I think he's going to get the chance in Miami. It just makes too much sense here in the first round of the first team to grab a running back. Dolphins fans are going to be mad at you because I deal with this once a month when I do mock drafts. Did you give any thought to, because we're doing a two-round mock today, they pick again at 39. I know that's not your pick, but did you give any thought to, ah, let's go another position here. Let's go corner. Let's go yeah, D-end. Yeah, they so, get a running back at 39. Right, but what other positions are you going to go? You're going to go edge. I don't love Epinesa. I don't love some of those other guys that are sitting there. I think that maybe uh, you say, well, we had a really good safety, and then we let him walk. Maybe Grant Delpit, who's still on the board for us. I, I think that this is a rare opportunity where at pick number 26, you get a guy that can probably be a top 10 rusher in the NFL. We saw it last year with Josh Jacobs uh, going late in the first round. You can get a very good running back. I know that Saquon went number two overall, but you can get similar production here with DeAndre Swift, but at pick number 26, whereas, you know, you're not taking a chance on one of these edge rushers that are the last at the position. Yeah, and I think Swift's ceiling as a pass catcher is just tremendous to the point where if you're taking someone like Tua, 
you know, you you better have someone like that. I don't think you're just – and I like Jonathan Taylor. I think my only concern would be with him, why I have him just a little behind Swift, is that ceiling as a pass catcher. So I like that pick for Miami. I guess the fans won't, but I really do. 27, the Seattle Seahawks. Tell me if you've heard this before. Uh, they need some help on the offensive line again. Cesar <laughs> still, Ruiz is pro- – is, Yeah, we've been saying this since we started this show. And somehow they still make the playoffs and have great years <laughs> time and time again. Russell Wilson's amazing. Cesar Ruiz is such an easy pick here for me because he can play guard. He can play center. He did phenomenal work at center this year. But when you're 6'4", 320, and you move like he does, you can. he's a tremendous guard prospect as well. So I think the versatility really comes into play here. Day one starter potential with Ruiz. And for Seattle, not having to move to get a day one starter on the offensive line that can help, as especially in the run game for them, I mean, that's pretty tremendous. And we know how much John Schneider likes to move around the board, but this time he doesn't have to. I would have drafted him at 31 uh, had he been there. I would have at 32. That's how much I like him. Number 28, the Baltimore Ravens. Matt Judon's a free agent. Michael Pierce is a free agent. They're going to need some help in the front seven. I've very much considered Kenneth Murray here, the middle linebacker, but I think pass rush is king for the Ravens. They believe they're going to play with a lead a lot. You want to go get the quarterback. So AJ Epinesa is, I, I guess we're calling it a fall. I really think this is just about where he's going to come off the board in this 25 to 35 range. So the Ravens get a player, I believe is a plug and play starter. He's just very scheme specific. It, I, I was glad to see he came in at 6'5", 275. I think that's a good sign for him. But just know who he is. And I know Melo has said before he might be Solomon Thomas. You could be right. Uh, I think there's definitely times where you watch him play and you're, you just want more out of him. Then there are times he plays USC and he looks like he looks like the best player in college football. So he, he is might a be bit Matt Judon. <laughs> he actually <laughs> might be. Yeah, like that might be his best scheme fit. All right, I'm up number 29 overall. The Tennessee Titans. This whole roster just kind of depends on what happens at quarterback and running back. They could have two new guys there. They could have Tom Brady. They could bring back Derrick Henry. A lot of what ifs going on. So I'm looking at it like. Maybe we move on from Derrick Henry. The guy wants a lot of money. They might go into the April draft and say, man, we can't pay this guy. He's probably going to sit out for the year. If we want to stay atop of the AFC like we were last year, we're going to need somebody to come in here and tote the rock. And nobody did that better than Jonathan Taylor in college football. He has proven time after time, three years running, that he can carry the load, that he can come in there and run with power, that he can catch the ball out of the backfield, blazing fast in the 40. I think the fumble issues... We can fix those. Adrian Peterson came into the NFL, had really bad fumbling issues. They fixed it. Tiki Barber with carrying the ball differently. I think that they can look at Jonathan Taylor and say, yeah, this is the guy that can carry the load and help us stay atop of the AFC. If he would just go down some, he would have less fumbles. And I, I know I think that, that's a give and take, but just go down. And that's sometimes that takes the NFL for guys to learn that. Like, know when you are stopped in college football. You can run through some of those those guys. They might have you wrapped up, but you still keep training those legs, and you break free. You don't see that a lot in the NFL. So, And I do think that players start to worry about longevity, and they say, well, i got to preserve this self for a long career. I'm going to go down in this situation, which will help reduce fumbles as well. Here's my question for you guys. Do you think Jonathan Taylor is an upgrade over Derrick Henry? I do, actually. I know people will hear that and, like, gasp that I'm asking the question. Well, I think, I mean, when you you factor everything, so just is he a better player? 
Probably not right now if we're looking at the last 18 games. But you can't just think of it that way because salary matters. Wear and tear matters. I know Taylor carried the ball 900 times in college, but like wear and tear matters to me. I think he's a better receiver out of the backfield, and he's faster. And I, Henry is weird because he'll have long runs where he's not fast, and just no one wants to hit him. So I, I think Taylor gives you... He gives you a little bit more than Henry does, but I know people are going to be pissed and, and saying, oh, how, how can you say he's better? I, I don't think he is right now, but he's better for your team. I, I think if you're looking at these guys, you almost has to have to judge them. Over the next five years, what are we going to get? We're going to get Jonathan Taylor on a rookie deal where he can come in and like you know before with DeAndre Swift, he might be a top 10 rusher in the NFL. Derrick Henry has proven he can also do that. He's going to cost you a lot more money to be that rusher. He's going to take up a lot of your cap. So for me, over the next five years, yeah, give me Jonathan Taylor almost over every running back. I am with you all the way. Number 30, the Green Bay Packers. Uh, If you listen to us during NFL Combine Week, Matt had a report that this team has been doing work on the tight end class. They've been doing work on tight end free agents. If you listen to the free agency show, here's the kicker. I think the Packers are going to have a new face at tight end this year. We will know a lot more after free agency. But when you look at the draft right now, I like Cole Komet here. I mean, the top five receivers are gone. And I think Komet in a scheme where Aaron Jones had a phenomenal year running the ball, Komet gives you a little more as a blocker. I shouldn't say a little more. Compared to Jimmy Graham and Sternberger, (laughs) he gives you 900 times more as a blocker. He's great in the red zone. He can work the seam. I really just like the fit here. Now, if they go out and get an Austin Hooper, this probably isn't the pick. But once again, this is this is as high as Komet can go, and he he would be a really, really nice addition for Aaron Rodgers as I don't want to say he declines, all players decline, but you really need to give him a big-body target. You just can't throw Devontae Adams out there and say, hey, good luck, man. Yeah, I, I love this pick. It I would have you know, said receiver here, but with them going, Komet is a great pick here. And I think when you look at the, the free agent class of tight ends, we're going to see a couple get paid. I, I would, I can see the Packers loading up on defense through free agency, filling those needs, middle linebacker, safety, wherever they go, and then drafting to fill out this offense. Number 31, my San Francisco 49ers. This is actually very tough here because the receivers are gone. I don't value any safeties here. And this is a team. So like Emmanuel Sanders, a free agent, Mark Armstead's free agent. Jimmy Ward's a free agent. But one thing that gets forgotten is that the corners outside of Richard Sherman actually sucked this year. Akella Weatherspoon was terrible. And uh, Emmanuel Mosley played pretty well. And I know they just picked up. They tendered him the option for the exclusive rights free agent. Corner is a pretty big need here. And Jimmy Ward played a lot of slot corner. If you can't bring him back, just give me Jeff Gladney because I know he's going to knock people out at the line of scrimmage. He can play man coverage, something. I don't know if you watched the second half of the Super Bowl. The Niners' corners aren't very good at. So if, I hate you. So I think finding someone who can match up when you have to play teams with speed at receiver, which is all of them, give me Jeff Gladney. And I, I know interior O-line's a bigger need. Wide receiver's a bigger need. But I think they have to address this defense. Yeah, I agree. And I really like Jeff Gladney. I'm sitting here with pick number 32 for the Chiefs. And he was a guy that I was considering. I I knew that I was going to have Jeff Gladney or Kenneth Murray left. And as a Chiefs fan, that made me very happy that they would have one of those guys to choose from. So with you taking Jeff Gladney off the board, I'm going to go with Kenneth Murray. I really like these linebackers. I talked about Patrick Queen earlier. I think they're three complete linebackers. They can play through the trash. They can drop in coverage. They can run. 
Uh, I would almost put them with even the you know Devin Bush, Devin White from last year. We've been very lucky these last two drafts to have very good linebacker play, and the Kansas City Chiefs really need it. They need somebody that can figure out they can stay on the field all three downs, take away the middle of the field, uh, guard some of these tight ends that are coming up with the Broncos, with Fant, Waller, with the Raiders. You need a guy like that, and I think that Kenneth Murray can be that dude. We are back. It's time to do round to Connor, sorry, man, you should enter this. I thought I was on the clock. Never mind. Connor's up 33 Cincinnati Bengals. Go ahead. <laughs> I was very confused when we came back, but I let you, I let you, you ride with it. I figured you were so excited to make the controversial pick of Joe Burrow at number one. You wanted to find his pairing here at 33. If you asked me this one a month ago or even you know before the Senior Bowl, I would have been like, no shot. Right now, 33, Denzel Mims going to Cincinnati. I'm blown away, guys. I just didn't think he was this athletic. This is a rare combination of size, athleticism. I've always seen the catch radius on film. There's no doubt about that. You know, the matchup against Jeff Gladney is is a classic in this year's draft class. Obviously, the top five receivers come off the board in round one. So when you're looking at this receiver class for the Bengals, it's going to be interesting how this shakes out with A.J. Green. I like Tyler Boyd. John Ross is there. I mean, we'll see what he does. That's why I didn't go with a KJ Hamler or Jalen Rager, although I expect them to be better players than Ross. I think they'll still give him another shot. But Mims is a big-bodied pass catcher that, unlike A.J. Green, who might be there the next one to three years, Mims can be a franchise cornerstone for Burrow. Yeah, I like that a lot. And I, I've been leading the charge that they need to go receiver here. I think linebacker is another area. We'll see what they do in free agency. Number 34, the Colts. Uh, in round one, we had them go Caleb on chase on. I'm just going to stay in Baton Rouge. Grant Delpit, I think 34 might be a little early for Grant Delpit. That could surprise some people, but just give me more playmakers on defense for the Colts. I, I know everyone say, oh, the offense is the problem. I think getting those receivers healthy is going to be a huge part of this. So load up. You got like Costanzo for two more years. You've got some playmakers on offense when they get back healthy. If you have a badass defense, it's going to solve a lot of problems. Delpit and Chason are two huge parts of that. And we see them pick again at 44. Yeah, I, I like that pick. And like you said, Grant Delpit falling here uh, a month ago. I would have been very surprised to see him going round two here. Uh, number 35 overall, the Detroit Lions. I'm going with J.K. Dobbins here. I think that you need to give whoever this quarterback is going to be, uh, I'm assuming Matt Stafford, Give him more weapons. And they have Carrion Johnson in that backfield, but Carrion hasn't been able to stay healthy. I think a guy like J.K. Dobbins that can come in and share the load or honestly probably just take all the carries is going to really help this offense. You've got some really good young receivers. Uh, you took uh, the tight end Hawkinson last year. Offensive line isn't terrible. You've got some pieces there. I think a guy like J.K. Dobbins could come in and have a very good rookie season and help prepare this offense for their future. You pair him with Akuda in the first round. Matt Stafford's not going to be there forever. So whoever this quarterback of the future is going to be, he can come in and say, all right, I can hand the ball off to J.K. Dobbins. I've got some young, talented guys uh, like Hawkinson at tight end, and you're set. You're in place for a, a very good push and a good rebuild if you're Detroit. Yeah, and Bob Quinn takes a running back, it seems like, every single year. So even with Carrion Johnson there, uh, nothing would shock me with the Lions and running back. 36, the New York Giants. I'm going safety here, and I'm going Antoine Winfield Jr., one of the best playmakers on the back end in this class. The Giants, they have holes across the board on defense. We said on the free agency show, 
Go get Byron Jones. And, and man, if you can sign Byron Jones, you draft Antoine Winfield for the back end of your defense, you're developing DeAndre Baker at corner. Now you're getting somewhere. And I think this is a team that will also be active in adding a pass rusher in free agency as well. So the Giants need plays. They simply need a guy that can go on the back, back end, make plays. Winfield Jr. has great hands. He makes plays at the line of scrimmage, tackles for a loss, and as a blitzer. And I just think this is a really, really good fit at a position of Yeah, need. I like this a lot for them. And, it, like, the last two picks for you guys are just, like, that's just smart team building. Like, just get go get good football players because there's a lack of that. And Winfield, when he's healthy, matches up so well. 37, the L.A. Chargers. They didn't take Jordan Love in the first round. I'll take him in the second round. So this won't happen. I just want to say this won't happen. He will not they, fall to the second round. Just static it, if it did. It won't happen. Uh, I think he goes top 10, but this is the way the cookie crumbles when you're doing a mock draft where no one really loves the quarterback, but you all know he's going to go early. So Jordan Love falls here. The Chargers would be doing backflips. Um, it, it just, again, it, I don't think it's realistic, but if this happens, you got to jump on it. Yeah, yeah, I don't think he lasts till the second round either. Uh, but like you said, that's the way the cookie. Well, crumbles. last year we kept having like this kept happening to us last year with Daniel Jones, where it's like someone will take him. It just isn't going to be any of us. And I don't, I think we all like Jordan Love better than Daniel Jones. I'm going to put words in anyone's mouth, but it seems that way. But it, it's the same situation where you can know a guy's going early, but it's very hard to find that fit. Yeah, because it's one team taking a risk on a quarterback that kind of has some questions, and it's probably going to be somebody. And if L.A., like you said, if he's sitting there in the second round, I think that's a no-brainer pick for them, and I, I think they pull the trigger. I'm up number 38 overall, the Carolina Panthers. Uh, the Panthers, like we kind of talked about, maybe they're doing a little bit of a rebuild themselves. They took Derek Brown in the first round. I'm going to go corner here in the second. Uh, they've got Jackson there, who's a great speed guy. They're probably going to lose James Bradbury, probably to New York. So I'm looking at corner. I'm going with Jalen Johnson out of Utah. I like what he can do. Uh, I like the way that he plays. He can be aggressive with his hands, but he can also keep up with you with his feet. So I'm going Jalen Johnson, a guy that I probably would have considered uh, at pick 32 for the Chiefs or in that later Part of the first round, he's there in the second, so I'm going with him at 38 overall to the Carolina Panthers. 39, the Dolphins. This has become a bit of a fan favorite, uh, not just this pick, but more of the player. Kyle Duggar, the do-it-all safety from D2. And I think Duggar, man, everywhere he goes, guys, he just keeps on winning. He looked great in coverage at the Senior Bowl. He comes into the combine, and he's just a great, great athlete, good size. You really wonder... If he can play linebacker, that's how big he is and how well he moves. And I think for the Dolphins, you're just looking. Brian Flores wants an identity on this defense, but you want somebody that can line up with those mismatched players. And I think Duggar can do that in the slot against tight ends. He can play deep safety, but he will come down into the box and hit you. So for the Dolphins, you're just looking for these players that can do a lot of different things for you as you're trying to pair up so many different holes. And I think the Duggar rise continues now into the top. Dolphins fans here. might not love this comp, but this can be the Patrick Chung for Brian Flores. Like a guy who just does a little bit of everything. And Patrick's been there for like 11 years and, and he's been a starter all 11 years for the Patriots. But that type of player, I absolutely love Kyle Duggar. Number 40, the Arizona Cardinals. Mello had them go wide receiver in round one. I would love to come back and go offensive line here. I personally, after we had six tackles go in the first round, I just don't value someone. So you could have a little bit of a reach on an Isaiah Wilson. You could go interior offensive line um, with a, a Damian Lewis or 
that's about it. I'm trying. I was like, there's got to be someone else. Uh, <laughs> nope, that's actually about it. Or uh, Simpson, John Simpson from Clemson. But I'm going to go to the defense. An area that I really would like to see them get better at is the interior defensive line. Mello mentioned him earlier. Chandler Jones, the hell of a player. They've got some speed on that defense, but they're missing someone in the middle who can kind of wreak havoc. Marlon Davidson from Auburn fits this defense very, very well. I have concerns about him. I wonder how much he was really aided by the fact that Derek Brown drew so much attention. But we saw this man at the Senior Bowl one day there. That's all it took. He was phenomenal. So I think Davidson at 40 is a much better bet than you know Davidson at 25. I think this is a good value for him. Yeah, I agree. I really like Marlon Davidson. And what we saw with him at the Senior Bowl, I think could even push him higher than 40 overall. Number 41 overall, the Cleveland Browns are selecting. And in the first round, we went tackle, obviously. I think the Shocker. second biggest need for the Browns is going to be linebacker still, especially with Joe Schobert leaving in free agency. So I'm going to go with Zach Bond as a linebacker slash edge rush type guy. I think that in this defense, you could probably play him all over the field. And they're going to need probably a replacement for Vernier. Uh I, I really like him. I, I think that he could even develop into a guy that can play that middle linebacker spot, work off ball linebacker, but just keep him on the field somewhere like he did at Wisconsin. He can get after the quarterback. I don't want to say he's a poor man's Isaiah Simmons, but he's almost that gadgety player where he can rush the quarterback, he can do a little bit in coverage, and he can play linebacker. I think that fills a huge role for what the Cleveland Browns need. 42, Jacksonville. This is their third pick in the top Crazy. 50. Mello, I know you gave them Patrick Queen at linebacker with that second first rounder. I'm going to continue the run on defense here and go with A.J. Terrell. There is this weird thing with Terrell where he gets killed for struggling against Jamar <laughs> Chase, who beat everyone except Cam Dantzler in college football. I don't know how that one adds up. But I really like this guy. I really do. I think he was a good corner for Clemson with length. I think he's tough and nasty. I think he could play man coverage. So for Jacksonville, I mean, you traded Jalen Ramsey. You've lost pieces at linebacker. They might trade Yannick Ngakwe. They're going to have to reload this defense really exclusively through the draft. And I think Terrell is quietly a very good corner in this class that just because of a poor national championship performance has the wrong picture painted. I like A.J. Terrell a lot. I do too. Every time I was working on rankings today because of Draft 400, and it's like every time I look at the rankings, I move him up. And it's like, and even in my notes, I'll put things to myself like, hey, remember how much you like him. You don't don't drop him. Like keep him up, and that's how I am with, with Terrell. I really like his game. Forty three, the Chicago Bears. This is one of those Khalil Mack picks uh, from yes from the Raiders. This yep, there it is. They sw- swapped. I'm back with you guys now. Hi, I'm Earth. <laughs> Stick to football. Number forty three, the Chicago Bears. This pick is from Las Vegas because of the Khalil Mack trade. I'm going Jalen Hurts here, and I know that might seem like a ridiculous value on a quarterback that we've said, eh, it's probably a third rounder. That doesn't matter, because if you need a quarterback, value is going to rise to the top. I look at this tier of quarterbacks with with Jake Fromm and Jacob Eason and Jalen Hurts, all the Jays as quarterback in this class. I would rather have Jalen Hurts than those guys. I'd really go party with Jacob Eason. I'd rather Jake Fromm marry my daughter. I'd rather have Jalen Hurts be my quarterback. Yeah, you know, like I, he's a playmaker. Those are the categories when you're looking no, I mean, at quarterback. Like, he's such a great playmaker, and he's high character. He's smart. 
And the NFL is moving finally to a league where to play quarterback at a high level, you either have to be like Tom Brady smart or be able to move around and make plays. And I even think the days of Tom Brady and Peyton Manning's, you know, Drew Brees type quarterbacks is going away. Jalen Hurts' ability to move off his spot, make plays. It's not going to be the prettiest shit we've ever seen with his mechanics. But even that's getting better. I would rather roll the dice on Jalen Hurts than roll the dice on Jacob Eason or roll the dice on Jake Fromm. And I don't want to seem like I'm making this comp because I'm not, but this almost feels like Russell Wilson when he was drafted. Like, I mean, he moves around pretty good. He's got an okay arm. He's really smart, though, very charismatic, leads the locker room, and then he falls to like the second round or the third round. And then he's probably going to roll in here to Chicago, take the starting job. We're going to look back at it in two years. Like, we really overthought the fact that Alabama wanted to run the ball with him all the damn time. Oklahoma, he threw the ball well. So I like that pick. And I think it's just one that's going to stick at 43 for the Chicago Bears. I'm up number 44 for the Colts. Colts fans got to be happy with what we've done so far for them. Uh, in the very first round, they took Chase on. Edge rush, problem's gone. It, earlier in the second round, we gave them Grant Delpit, staying with the LSU thing. I think that is just, they're two of the best defenders in the entire draft. Indianapolis gets both of them. So I'm going to go with a playmaker here. I don't think not they. Not from LSU. Not from okay. LSU. I think they're all gone so far. Uh, I don't think they need a running back. I like what they have there. So I'm going to go with the receiver. They, they struggle to stay healthy there. And if you get T.Y. Hilton back healthy, if you can get Paris Campbell going, and then you throw in a guy like KJ Hamler, I think all three of those guys can kind of be that gadgety play together type though and and Hamler getting him the ball using him on special teams letting him and Paris Campbell kind of figure out each other in this offense and also give your quarterback some weapons if you are going to stay with Brissett for another year give him some more weapons so that he can figure this out and you can figure it out is this a guy that we can win with for a couple years or do we just need to say yep we need to tank for a guy like Trevor Lawrence because we don't have it at quarterback Tampa Bay Bucks back on the clock, and they got Justin Herbert in the first round, which means this team still needs to find some offensive line help, especially if you're putting a rookie quarterback out there. I am giving them the biggest human not named Makai Becton in this draft, and that is Isaiah Wilson from Georgia, who somehow just – he looks colossal, guys. This is like the mountain <laughs> in football. It, it's unreal. But Isaiah Wilson, uh, he's from here in New York, coming out of Brooklyn – he did not get a ton of play experience by Georgia. I think he only got to play for two seasons. So he's a little raw, especially in pass protection. But you can see the ceiling with this guy. You could see above average starter potential, which is why I think he does come off the board in the first two rounds. And for the Bucks, man, they need to find a solution at tackle. I don't think it'll be in free agency. And if they are going to plan to draft a guy, Or even just sit back. They might watch all the tackles come off the board. They'll have to have a plan like this in round two. And out of the next tier, guys, it's really Isaiah Wilson and then not much. Depending what you think of a guy like Ezra Cleveland, uh, Ben Barch, it it really depends on that. I like him the best so far out of all those guys. Yeah, I do as well. Number 46, the Denver Broncos. I do think wide receiver is a big need for this team. Opposite Cortland Sutton, give him another playmaker. Give Drew Locke another playmaker. Brandon Ayuk somehow slips down the board here. I will s- gladly 
steal the yards after catch monster to go with Cortland Sutton here. Yeah, and as a Chiefs fan, I, I don't want to see them get more targets, but it makes sense there, man. They have C.J. Henderson and Brandon Oak in this draft. Yeah, so, yeah, just guys that I like. No big deal. Number 47 overall, the Atlanta Falcons. We talked about Freeman earlier at running back. I do think that he's going to be a cap casualty, especially if you can get a guy like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who is probably just a better version of Freeman. They're going to take him here at pick number 47 overall. I think it makes too much sense to put him in this offense. He can catch the ball, runs with that low center of gravity. I don't care what his 40 time is. He can run the football, probably come in and be a rookie of the year candidate with the Falcons. All right, last pick here before we take a break. The New York Jets. How did I get the Jets second round? Trying to be nice, here, guys. You yeah. guys are too we worked good it out how we each got this one of is, our favorite team's picks. Guys, this is tough. They better they better knock it out of the park in free agency for offensive line because one didn't fall to them in round one. And right here, there's really no one to take that would have a significant impact. So I'm going on the edge here with Josh Uche. Listen, they need pass rush help. It almost goes under the radar because of how bad the offensive line is here. So landing a guy on the edge that has has production at Michigan, can get after the quarterback, especially if they lose Jordan Jenkins in free agency, is a must-have for this defense. Pick number 49 overall, the Pittsburgh Steelers making their first selection in the 2020 draft. I'm going to go quarterback of the future, Jacob Eason. I think this is one team that might be okay with a quarterback who plays from the pocket a little bit, can throw the ball down the field, vertical stretch game. Jacob Eason fits that. And honestly, I just wanted to get him in round two because I do feel like he's going to go here. And his comp is just, it's almost been Roethlisberger. Like to That's a what you're hoping. Yeah. Right? Uh, so number 50 overall, the Chicago Bears. We talked about Jalen Hurts earlier. We gave them them him. Uh, I'm going with another pass-catching target. I, I know a lot of Bears fans want a tight end. I'm going with Clay, Chase Claypool. I love his game. I think that he's going to come in and, and be a big difference maker, probably on special teams immediately, but also developing into just like a slot tight end or maybe even an inline tight end for the Chicago Bears. Just a big pass catcher that can block. I don't care if he's lined up at tight end receiver. And can run. Whatever position you want to play him at. I mean, yeah, Calvin Johnson type testing numbers for Claypool. I think that's going to skyrocket him into the top 50 players. 51, the Dallas Cowboys, they got to bring back Amari Cooper. Michael Gallup has really turned into a nice player for them. But I still like adding at wide receiver here because of the value. I'm taking Jalen Rager, the speedster out of TCU. Yes, he gained a little weight and didn't run as well as you'd hope in Indy. But that play speed is on film. And for the Cowboys to get Dak a downfield target, that's a beautiful set of wide receivers with Amari Gallup, you could play Rager in the slot and just dominate with that passing attack. And, of course, Ezekiel Elliott in the backfield. I guess Des isn't coming back in this scenario. Don't think so. (laughs) Jerry's got to think about it. Take a couple more showers. Another shower. Number 52, the L.A. Rams, their first pick in this draft. I think corner is a pretty big need for them. Offensive line is where I would love to go here. But as you, we've all mentioned, there just aren't many in this spot in the draft, which Points us to free agency. I think a lot of teams are going to overspend on the offensive line in free agency. So for the Rams, I'm going to go corner with Noah Igbenogany from Auburn. Well Five, done. Igbenogany, thank you. 5'11", 200 pounds, but very long arms. The biggest knock on him, ball skills. He had no interceptions, but lived around the football on a very good Auburn defense. I think he fits this style. We're going to see them change this year. I expect a lot more press man from this defense. That's what he can do. 
Yeah, uh, and I'm up number 53, the Philadelphia Eagles. We gave them Justin Jefferson in the first round. I think the second biggest need on this team, or maybe even the, the biggest need, is corner. I'm going to go with Trevin Diggs here. I really like his game. I like his athletic ability. I think that he just needs to learn the position a little bit more, and, and then you're going to get a shutdown corner with great size, great feet, and the ability to lock in with any receiver. I mean, the guy's covering Stephon Diggs uh, for almost his whole life, so I think he's got experience with some elite-level receivers. 54, the Buffalo Bills. Shaq Lawson is set to hit free agency, and we'll have to see how our friends Brandon Bean, Sean McDermott attack the pass rush here. I do think they will be aggressive in free agency. They have the cap space to do so. But in the second round, keep loading up and go with Bradley Anai here from Utah. Ultra productive player. Uh, showed some really, really great traits at the Senior Bowl. He's not the most twitched up, uh, bendy kind of guy, but man, he is really, really productive. A good hands, finishes plays. So for the Bills, keep adding to that defensive line and get someone that really could start from day one in Bradley and I. Number 55, the Atlanta Falcons. And oh, baby, we got an edge rusher run about to start here. I'm going Alton Robinson, a name we have not talked a lot about since the season began. We expected big things from the Syracuse senior. Just did not happen this year. I still find myself going back, loving the traits. He had a very, very good senior bowl week as well. Nine and a half tackles for last year. Only four and a half sacks. I think that was a big disappointment after what he had last year with 10 sacks. But I still like his game. He's got the NFL size. He's got NFL size. He's got NFL traits. He's just not, he's not the longest guy. And I think he's got to work on his pass rush, pass rush craft a little bit. <laughs> hey. But the Falcons losing Vic Beasley, they need someone with some speed, some twitch on the other side. Yeah, I agree with you there, Matt. 56 overall. Guess who's picking again? It's the Miami Dolphins. They have so many picks. They also have so many needs. We've given them quarterback, tackle, running back. I think we even gave them a safety earlier in there. I kind of look because there's so many picks. We did with Kyle Duggar. I'm going to address the edge guys now, finally, too. I'm going Julian Okawara. I like his fit in this defense almost immediately. Athletic guy with good size. I want to see what he does at his pro day, but I really like him in the second round as an edge rusher that can come in, like we've said before, generate pressure to the quarterback. Maybe it's not a lot of sack numbers, but it's generating that pressure so that some of these other guys can come clean up too. I really like him out of Notre Dame. 57, the Texans. We know how badly they need pass rush help here, and they also need corner help. There's really no one on the board that I like for them. Continuing this edge rusher. This is now the fourth one in a row. I'm going Curtis Weaver. Melo, you talked about how Julian Aquara is somebody that didn't have a lot of production in college, but the film is really good. Weaver did have a lot of production, and he doesn't have the same traits as a guy like Julian Aquara, but Weaver is somebody that just gets it done with power. I actually thought the combine went a little better for him than I originally expected with that lateral ability, especially that 703 cone is a good sign for him. But 13 that half sacks out of Boise State. Once again, this Texans team, not a lot of picks. Got to make the best of them. Get a productive player in Curtis Weaver. I think with Weaver, the biggest questions were, you know, what kind of shape was he going to come in? How is he going to look? Because I think there were times at Boise State, he looked really, really good. But yeah, he just looked, he looked sloppy. Coming in at 6'2", 265 did bother me a little bit. Like, I I really thought he would be a little bit lighter than that. And then we didn't see him run. So there, there are questions there. But Connor's right. The tape is fantastic. 58, the Minnesota Vikings. 
went offensive tackle in round one. I'm going to go to corner in round two. We've told you a billion times. Xavier Rhodes is, is probably on his last legs. They've missed on some picks here. I think corner is a big need. Cameron Dantzler did not run exceptionally well at the combine, but my goodness, can this man play football? I think when you look at short area quickness, it's their instincts, timing, his ability to be physical, get between the receiver and the ball. It's all there for Cam- Dan- Cameron Dantzler. So I think he would be fantastic here. Yeah, I really like Cam Dantzler. I know that the 40 time, a lot of people aren't happy with it, but Connor mentioned Dantzler earlier today as the only guy that's been able to shut down Jamar Somehow. Chase. Somehow. Somehow it happened, but it did. I don't so get it. I it's, think on, that, it's on the tape. It's there. It yeah, right? <laughs> For real, uh, I saw it. And so I really am a fan of Cam Dantzler still. Uh, and the Vikings, of course, need some kind of cornerback help and somebody that can stay out of trouble in that secondary. The Seahawks up again, number 59 overall. Seahawks are another team that have a lot of needs. They went offensive line with Ruiz, can be that guard center in the first round. I'm going with Raekwon Davis out of Alabama. I like his ability. We've mocked him in uh, probably top 15 before, but coming out of Alabama, we, we haven't seen a lot of production. His numbers have kind of been falling, and I think Seattle could be looking at a lot of turnover on this defensive line, losing guys in free agency, even if they bring back Jadavion Clowney. I think that Raekwon Davis can play in this defense, play him as a three-tech next to Puna if you lose Jerron Reed, or maybe even play him at times on the outside. I, I know that he weighs in over 300 pounds, but he's got a lot of athletic ability and a lot of length in that frame that he can get after the quarterback, he can play against the run, and he can play almost every technique on the D-line. 60, the Baltimore Ravens here, they are a team that does not have a lot of needs, which is a very nice position to be in. I envy you, Baltimore. And they are going to go with Lloyd Cushionberry here, one of the better centers in the draft. And before you get mad at me, because I know they have Matt Scarra, I know he's a restricted free agent. Unfortunately, Matt Scarra also tore his ACL, MCL, PCL, and dislocated his kneecap. So it's no guarantee he's ready to go at the start of training camp. I'd get yourself some insurance, even if he is. He's an RFA. So you're giving yourself some insurance, a guy in Cushionberry that's a good backup and can maybe be your long-term starter down the road. Number 61, the Tennessee Titans, another team that has sneaky needs, but we expect them to fill a lot of these through free agency. One that probably will not is that slot corner with Logan Ryan being a free agent. So I'm going to go Damon Arnett here. I was very disappointed by his combine performance, not just the 40, but just in general. I've been at times high and low on Damon Arnett. Just, it really depends on the week for him when you watch him play. Being the number three corner at Ohio State as a senior is is a concern for me. Even with how good Jeff Akuda and Sean Wade are, you would expect a senior to bump one of those guys, probably Sean Wade down. But Arnett, just kind of a gadget guy, but I think he can be a good slot corner. Just solid physical. He'll tackle. That's one thing Mike Vrabel is going to love about Damon Arnett. He might be the best tackling corner in this class. So I think he fits here at 61. Yeah, I, I like Arnett too. And I do think that he can come in and be that slot corner immediately. Maybe not the guy on the outside, but not everybody is. And he does what he does very well. Number 62 overall, the Green Bay Packers. We gave them that pass catcher in the first round, Cole Kmit. I'm going linebacker. They might lose a linebacker in free agency with Blake Martinez. I think Malik Harrison is that old-school thumper linebacker. You want somebody to come in, fill a gap, stop the run. It's Malik Harrison, and he's athletic. I think he could use some help in coverage. Ohio State had a shitload of linebackers. They asked them to do specific things, and it worked for them. I really like Malik Harrison, though. Uh, If he were on my team, I'd love it. So pick number 62. Packers fans, be happy with the mock draft. You get a linebacker in the second round. That's very good.
63, the Kansas City Chiefs, your Kansas City Chiefs. This pick is actually from the team they beat in the Super Bowl, so double whammy. Ouch. Just Thanks, dis- disrespectful. <laughs> Sorry, Matt. Yeah, it's all right. You'll be fine. Uh, yeah, Justin Matabuke here in round two. A really a gap-shooting defensive lineman for the Chiefs, somebody that can get, you know, can generate a pass rush, really productive player while at AM. I think I would make this pick with or without Chris Jones, to be honest with you. I just like the talent on the board. Now, I most definitely make this pick if they trade Chris Jones, but I still feel really, really good about the player no matter what as they look to get you know a really nice rotation for their defensive line next to Frank Clark. Yeah, and they're a team that's hard to figure out. Melo and I were talking earlier today. It was like they could go corner, interior offensive line, linebacker, D-line, but if they went wide receiver running back, wouldn't he be like it be okay? Cool. It, wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me at all if they right. did that. Number 64, the last pick in this draft, the Seattle Seahawks. This is from Kansas City as part of that Frank Clark deal. I'm going to go corner here. This is much higher than yep. anyone else will have. Big Stanford rise. Samuels, big rise. I like him. And I know that you're going to read rankings that have this dude in the fourth and fifth round. I like Stanford Samuels. I just love the way he plays. He is physical. He's smart. And he was on a god-awful Florida State team. I have him ranked at 62 overall, and when I was talking to scouts this week, they were like, you are on drugs. This guy's a fourth-rounder. Don't <laughs> give a shit. I think he's a good football player. Trust in my eyes. Not theirs. What do you have him overall? 62. 62? All right. I got him at 96, but I like him as well. Okay. Well, we'll see. We'll see who's right, Melo. Me no, I, I don't no, say, like, I like him at 96 and, like, oh, what the hell are you thinking? It's making me think maybe I need to go back and watch a little bit more of him. I like him more than Damon Arnett, who I took a couple picks before. Yeah, and I think with corners here at the end, you're going to start to look at, man, I need a corner. I got a guy sitting there at 96 overall on my board, but fuck it, I've got to take one because I I need one. This wasn't planned, and and I know we're running out of time, but I also heard, because I did did scout calls this week because draft 400 stuff and just trying to bounce off, trying to get medical basically on a lot of these guys, but I heard uh, that teams do not like Neville Gallimore either, which we didn't have him in our our round two mock here, which surprised me because we've talked a lot about him, but uh, Justin Matabuke going 63, no Neville Gallimore. Yeah, I I think Matabuke better than Gallimore, to be honest with you. Same, same. So it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. It's a fun class. I know that. And we're going to talk a lot more about it. We'll be back Monday. We'll be back Wednesday. We'll be back Friday. And uh, we've got some good news coming for you guys down the road. So don't miss any shows because you're not going to want to miss it. For Connor, for Mello, it's Matt. We'll talk to you guys real soon. 